I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. All right, after taking a Monday off to celebrate Thanksgiving north of the border, we're happy to be back for this Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Ian Mendes, Haley Salvian with you for the next hour or so to tee up opening night, opening week in the NHL. Coming up, our uh, analytics and numbers guru, senior writer uh, Dom Luce-Chichen is going to join us, talk about uh, preseason predictions, which fan base has maybe given him the hardest time, talk about his player tiers, Hockey pools, betting lines, all of that fun stuff. We'll even pick his brain on uh, the Montreal Canadiens signing a core piece to a significant deal on Tuesday. We'll also uh, do a little check-in in our fantasy hockey pool teams as we're getting set to kick off our Athletic Hockey Show Office Pools Challenge. And we'll find out if Haley did her homework or not. And in multiple choice badness, we'll try and figure out which team might be the hardest one to get a read on before the regular season launches. But before we get to all of that, Haley, we feel like we need to clap back on our American counterparts. Which, by the way, first of all, thank you so much, Craig Custance and Sean Gentile, for switching shows with us this week because it is a uh, it was a holiday in Canada. But if you listened to the Athletic Hockey Show on Monday, you would have heard terms like fake holiday and mm -hmm. I don't know what that is and they just eat whenever they want. We just want to set the record straight here, Haley. What's so hard to understand? You pick when you want to eat your family dinner. You set the record yeah. straight. Sorry, I'm just pissed off. Yeah. No, it's just, listen, I get it. The <laughs> Americans do up Thanksgiving probably bigger than Christmas. So I get it. Mm -hmm. But don't act like we can't have our own thing up here. Yeah. And like it's anyway, we enjoyed we, it. We had turkey. We had our Monday off. And that's that. Sorry, we don't get a random Thursday off to sit around and watch the, the, the Detroit Lions play. Like, that's not the way it works here. Like, <laughs> yeah. imagine was we it, just got Thursday off. Was there off, CFL like, on this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. there was. I think there was games. I think Bill Daly roasted us too. Did you hear? He was like, oh, I texted one of the guys at the office asking what CFL games were on today. I was like, yeah. Bill, no. Yeah. <laughs> Bill. Like, whatever. Come on. I, um, you know what? No. no. It's not confusing. There's nothing confusing about Canadian Thanksgiving. No. You know, you, you have the day off. The, the holiday's on the Monday, so yeah, Monday's the Thanksgiving, but you'll have your dinner on like Saturday or Sunday, whatever works best for your family. Maybe you do it Monday, but sometimes people work on Tuesday. So like, I don't want to make a turkey and then clean up and then have to get up early for work, so let's do it on Saturday. There, I don't see what's so confusing about that. No. They're just no, exactly. trying to be rude because they had to work on a Monday instead of a Tuesday. Yeah. So that's and us we'll trying to We'll take our Monday post it. back. Yeah. We'll be back at it Monday. Uh, as usual. But hey, look, we got a lot to get to. Uh, like I said, Dom Luce-Chichen is going to drop by in, in a little bit, set up the season. And I do want to talk about, though, Haley, opening night. And this is a big deal because the NHL is back on ESPN. And I think that's a great thing. It, it really mm -hmm. is. I, I think you get the NHL back on ESPN, you're going to get more eyeballs on it. You're going to get more cross-promotion. And you're going to get TNT as well. And you, they've decided to go with two matchups on Tuesday night. One mm -hmm. is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning at home to unveil their banner and take on 
the Crosby-less, Malkin-less Pittsburgh Penguins. And then the other one, we got Vegas at home to Seattle. So the Kraken are not opening at home. People might think first ever Kraken game, it's at home. Not the case. Let me ask you this first, Haley. Like if you were the schedule wizard and they said, hey, Haley, you get to pick one game that you want to feature for everybody to see coast to coast. We're launching with new networks. We're going to hype this thing up. What are you picking? I'll be honest with you. I think I would go Florida Tampa because I think Florida Tampa last year might've been the most entertaining, intense, fun playoff series that we had. I think, I think you're trying to like, if you're trying to hook new people into the game, I would Mm -hmm. show them a couple of games from that playoff series last year and be like, this is what our game could be. So that would be my vote, but I don't know, like if there's other votes out there, I would go with that. As the yeah, best. no, I mean, we're driving the Panthers bus. We had uh, Joel Quenville on like that series was good for hockey in Tampa yeah. and and with in South Florida and and, you know, Sean Gentilly, who we don't like, actually had a good piece when that playoff <laughs> series happened where he talked to people and they were like, that was my first ever hockey game. And he went and like found those people who that was their first hockey game ever. And they were like, I've been missing out. So it's hard to to bet against Tampa, Florida, because I just think it's good for the game. And even their preseason game was like a like not a disaster, but, you know, it was they they went at it. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any other good rivalries like, you know, a battle of Alberta could be great. But, you know, sometimes the battle of Alberta is awesome. And other times it's just like, ah, that was kind of lame. Like there's been there's been battle of Alberta games last year. And maybe it was because there was like 10 of them. That was like, I'm super bored. Like, I'd rather watch the Flames play the Winnipeg Jets or something. But just get me like a really good rivalry series and, yeah, and like, put it on a good network, national TV. Let's do it. Yeah. So the other one I would think of would be Islanders Rangers. I think mm-hmm. that has the potential to be super fun this year. I think the Rangers are at a point where they might be ready to challenge for a playoff spot and obviously the biggest media market out there. And then the Islanders are a perennial Stanley Cup contender. And I kind of like Colorado. Like, so I, like, I would think to myself, if I'm ESPN or TNT, I would think, like, I, I got Nate McKinnon, who's arguably a top five player in the game. Like, how do I sell? Like, I would look at how do I sell the best players in the game right off the hop? I, I think that's what we don't do a good enough job in the NHL. Like, it's all about the team. And I think we need to sell a little bit more of the star power. So, mm-hmm. especially on a night where, like, Pittsburgh would be fun if they had Malkin and Crosby. Yeah. I think this would be a lot more fun. But, no Malkin, no Crosby. It's like, what is loses. Tristan Jari going to do tonight? Ooh. Boy, is there anybody <laughs> under more pressure yeah. than Tristan Jari in, in the blue paint this year? I don't know. I mean, but like, who's who's pushing him out? Casey Smith? Louis Domingue? I mean, there's oh. pressure, but like, he's not going to lose the job to somebody, is he? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's but a I, weird I think, situation. I think they might have an itchy trigger finger there. And I thought it was interesting, Sean McAdoo, down goes Brown in his oddly specific uh, prediction column that dropped on Tuesday, suggested that maybe, just maybe, Braden Holtby is going to end up as Pittsburgh's goalie down the road this season. You know, so. I don't know. I'd like to see how that man's brain works. Who, down goes Brown? Yeah, when he comes up with these ideas. He was engineered for the pandemic, Ian. I've never seen a man pump out content when nobody else could. Like, it didn't even change. He no, just had really weird stuff. And yeah. I'm like, how do you do this? What's in your head? I'm- yeah, he's like, what if we made an all rhyming team? We're like, what? Okay. I'm like, I don't know. Where would you even come up with this? How do you even know all these names? Yeah. I don't even know that many words. No. Yeah. That's- but you know what, though? And I told him this the other day. Like, he's so laser focused. He didn't even realize. So Mackenzie Weger, terrific defenseman, right, with Florida. And every I think a lot of people feel like Mackenzie's one of the most underrated players in the game. Now, Sean McIndoe and I are neighbors. We live around the corner right. from each other. So I told him on the Athletic Hockey Show a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, hey, I bet you didn't even know this. You know, Mackenzie Weger grew up in our neighborhood and went to the school around the corner. He's like, no, didn't know. So I'm like, he could have, like, he's so laser focused. I think he doesn't even know what's going on sometimes. Like, Mackenzie Weger's our neighbor. Dialed no in. Down yeah. goes Brown. There you go. But yeah, his... His, his brain certainly works in a, in a curious way. Hey, as we're talking about opening night, though, in the, in the regular season, and I said, you know, ESPN is launching their brand new kind of 
First time in 17 years we're going to see the NHL on ESPN. NHL on TNT, I love the look of their new set. And I'm a huge Liam McHugh fan. Like, I think he does a, a great job. I'm happy to see that he's landed on his feet with TNT. Wayne Gretzky is obviously, Haley, going to be the focal point here. And if you know like if you know anything about Wayne Gretzky, the one thing he has always been is this, like, really eloquent, sort of stately um, person that very rarely says anything controversial. Mm-hmm. What do you think Wayne Gretzky, the TV analyst, is going to be like? Ooh. measured a little bit out there like what do you think he's gonna be like I don't know I, I think that's the big question right and that's something that people have probably been asking since Wayne Gretzky got hired for that position or since people were even discussing it you know how can ESPN or TNT recreate the you know Shaq and Charles Barkley effect um I think what's gonna make or what typically makes athletes, really good TV analysts. You know, you've got the Tony Romos who can just like predict what's going to happen because they have such an encyclopedic knowledge and and, an incredible understanding of the game. So you get those really awesome moments like Tony Romo being like, you know, I think this is what they're going to do off the snap or et cetera. I don't think Wayne Gretzky is going to be that because he's going to be a studio analyst unless he's going to go into the studio and start saying like, this is what I think that they're going to do coming out of the period. But it's not the same because it's not that like instant gratification of like, whole, oh my God, he was right again. This guy's a genius. Um, I don't know if he's going to be – and then you've got the analysts who who are really funny and can share great stories um, about what happened in their playing days. You know, I've got this really great story that, you know, what Michael Jordan did or, you know, what, you know, ex-hockey player did in, in this moment. And I don't know if if Gretzky's going to be like that either. Like, I don't know if he's going to be that really outgoing, funny, sharing stories. Like, I know that Wayne Gretzky knows the game. Like, we, we've we heard the stories. Like, you know, Thomas Drance tweeted about it um, when Gretzky got hired. I think he, he posted something. Drance had been working with the Panthers at the time. And, you know, Gretzky was there and, and Drance was giving him a tour. And, and Gretzky said something about, like, you know, one of their goalie tandems or one of their D pairs. And he just showed Drance that, like, he knew a lot about the Florida Panthers and the X's and O's of the team. So that's just one example. But we know he knows the game. So I don't know if he's going to be like this, but it'd be nice because you've got this incredibly established, accomplished hockey player who knows a lot of people. Look at the teams he played on, the teammates he had, um, the people that he knows. Um, who also knows the game really well. So I really, really hope that we're going to get a Wayne Gretzky who can kind of meld all that together and be kind of fun and light and share stories, but also just like bring that next level analysis to the game. I think there's some really good analysts in hockey, but I think as football fans, and you can maybe attest to this too, I think we're spoiled in football with the level of analysis that you get from some of these former players, from, from people just getting really into the X's and O's and not telling us what we just saw, but explaining how it happened or explaining it from a player's point of view and really getting into and just teaching us, not talking at us, not lecturing, but just, you know, you you come out of it learning something about the game and you're like, yeah, I'm listening to Wayne Gretzky tell me about like what's effective on the half wall. like, I, And then you hear Wayne Gretzky telling a story about Mark Messier or something like, I, I don't know if he's going to be like that. I don't know what to expect. And I know that was your question. But I just really hope we can get, you know, a nice combination of the two. I think that's the, like, perfect scenario because you get the name recognition and all that added value. But I don't know what he's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's going to be one of the cool storylines to start the season. And I think, like you said, I think what's really cool is that, you know, hockey, all these years, the the, the analysts and the, the it's always been, like, kind of bottom six forwards or – goalies we've never had the best of the best like you look at the nfl and you look at their broadcast teams and it's like steve young and terry bradshaw randy moss and you know arguably some of the best players even peyton manning now like some of the best players ever in the nfl have moved over even the nba Shaq, charles barkley like these guys Mm -hmm. are hall of famers in the nhl it's never been the hall of famers it's always been these sort of panels of guys that were yeah they were pretty good players but not super superstars or megastars and I think that's what I'm interested in in seeing Gretzky there is that I think that he's going to add some cachet. And like you said, he's got that brain that probably works on a different level. And don't forget, he coached the Arizona Coyotes for a couple of years. So he, he knows some X's and O's. He knows some mm-hmm. 
some some things that you know are, are going to be interesting. He helped construct a couple of team Canada's from a general manager's perspective. So this is going to be, um, I think, a lot of fun. Uh, what I got to ask you though, speaking of fun, Haley, I gave you a homework assignment mm-hmm. last week on the mm-hmm. Athletic Hockey Show. It's been yes. six days, Haley. Actually, no, even more. Sorry, it's been eight days. We we did the show last Monday, and now it's been eight days. Mm-hmm. You had one job, Haley, and the job was simply draft your athletic hockey show fantasy team on our officepools.com fantasy hockey league. All the hosts are in. I got my team, and I got a problem because Brock Besser is going to start the season on IR. I do have a few hours where I can go in, change that, and then change my team name because I went with mm-hmm. my team is Besser than yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to see that pun through and and pay the price for it. I need to know has Haley Salvian selected her team for the Athletic Hockey uh, Show Office Pool Fantasy Hockey Draft. What's the deadline for that again? <laughs> it is puck drop between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins <sighs> 7 Eastern time yes. on Tuesday night. Um <clears throat> No, I haven't. <laughs> You, you are something else. You know I don't that? even have an excuse. Like you had one. I live job. alone. I did not have a family Thanksgiving. I live alone. You know what I did? You know what I did yesterday? I went to the grocery store and I saw this sad little eight ninety nine thing with one slice of turkey and a couple of Brussels sprouts. And I was like, "Is this going to be my Thanksgiving dinner?" I don't know. It wasn't. I was too sad to purchase. But I have no excuse. I mean, I worked all weekend. But I did not work on my office pools, hockey pool. And I don't know if we should be admitting this because, you know, if we've got a sponsor, he's going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> what a terrible, what a terrible promoter. You you better get I, on it. The, you know what? I went on and I stewed over it. And then I was like, I'm going to finish this later. Because there's too many options. There's too many good players. I'm really bad at decisions. I'm a deadline-driven creature. Um, so if you're telling me I have until 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, I've got plenty of time. So there's no need to worry. By the time puck is dropped, I will have a team. It will have okay. a stupid name. Uh, I saw a couple of things with your Kirby Doc post. Um, Kirby, your enthusiasm? Didn't appreciate that, by the way, because I now I feel like I ha- I like that name because I have said this before. I really relate to Larry David and how cranky and awkward he is. I really yeah. think that's me. I think that comes through on the podcast, <laughs> quite honestly. I don't know it if does. that's great for chemistry, but you know, I'm the cranky, I'm the cranky, awkward, rude one. And so I now I feel handcuffed to Kirby Doc to name my team Kirby Your Enthusiasm. So I'm a little mad at you, actually. Hey, we're giving you we're giving you options though. But again, a reminder too for our listeners: if you get to this episode uh, before seven Eastern time on Tuesday, you can check it out officepools.com, our athletic hockey pool. Great prizes, free to sign up and go head to head, and you'll probably end up finishing ahead of at least me, maybe Haley, oh yeah, Sean sure. McIndoe, and uh, and the rest of the gang. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Haley, you know, you and I have been talking about how we're kind of kicking off season two of the Athletic Hockey Show. And so we thought, why not go back to the OG guest? If I'm not mistaken, the first episode of the Athletic Hockey Show we ever did, uh, we had Dom Luchchichin with us. Oh, my God. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> you're you're mispronouncing. at this point. Luchchichin. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this, this is part of the Is this a gag. bit? Is it a bit? Yeah, it is a bit. But okay. no, we're not talking about Dom's pronunciation here. We're talking. We need to, to to talk about the 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 situation between the two of you before we launch into <laughs> this uh, this this podcast here and this conversation that's going to focus on hockey in a season preview. The two of you need to clear the air here. <laughs> I, 
you know what? I think we're fine. We're not fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fine. No, so you know, here's um, here's the lay of the land. Dom can't even look at me. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm sitting at a coffee shop. I'm getting some work done. Opening day is coming. Super busy. Some things happen while I'm in this coffee shop. I start to cry. <laughs> you know, I didn't fully cry. I was like, ooh, I might cry in this coffee shop right now for reasons I won't get into. And so I text my good friend Dom at The Athletic and I just say, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry in public right now. <laughs> and like three hours later, he texts me back, so did you cry? <laughs> That's it. Didn't ask if I was okay. Didn't call, be like, do you need something? Everything all good? Just said, did you cry? And I said, yeah, I did. And that was that. And then we moved on. It was like, see you on the podcast world. Well, for the record, <laughs> it was not three hours. It was <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes. So, oh, okay, 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 okay. Little better. Um, in hindsight, not the best response um, <laughs> I could have had, but I feel like we have that rapport where. We can joke around with each other and pretend like crying doesn't matter and just yeah. ask if, uh, <laughs> did you cry? Yeah. yeah, I did. And you know what? We're good. It's all good. I just don't know if that's a healthy friendship. I don't know. Is that what normal people do? Well, I, I just need to know, is Dom the only person you text? Like, he's, is he like your ride or die? Or like, what's the deal here? Like, yeah, how many people did you text that? How many people did no, you text? Dom's my work bestie. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I just sent out like a mass text <laughs> to like seven different people. Be like, guys, I think I'm going to cry in this coffee shop right now. It's something I really want to spread around. As I say it on this podcast, yeah, exactly. to have many thousand downloads you get a week. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, super unhinged at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy opening day. My my response to Haley was, uh, well, hockey's back tomorrow. That's exciting. Seven exclamation points. Yeah, actually, it actually was. I should. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. It, you know what? It was like, you know what? It is back tomorrow. This is good. See you on the pod. I feel great. I distracted her from so true, her bestie. emotions. Yeah. That's just the way to go. That's the right response. It was. Exactly. It was the right response. You know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we talked this out. There we go. See, now we're all on the same <laughs> page. And and f- by the way, because this is an audio podcast, people will not be able to see that Dom is wearing a Colorado Avalanche hat, which I love. Because that is, if you looked at his kind of preseason rankings and his models, you know that he's pretty he's pretty bullish on the abs. But I, I got to ask you this question. Because um, I'm thinking, you know, Colorado fans are probably pretty happy with you. There's probably a handful of hand- fan bases that are pretty happy with some of your preseason projections. Is there one fan base where you were like, man, I took a lot of heat from this fan base. They were super sour with me for my preseason projections and rankings. Uh, yeah, Leafs fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They, uh... They want off this ride as much as I do. I would like to stop <laughs> rating them highly. And that's definitely the one. I think I had like 450 comments or something like that. Every other preview had like 50, 100. And then, of course, the Leafs have the highest one. And, of course, people are outraged because they're the Leafs. And they did what they did last year. And... I have not written about them since, I don't think. And it was it felt very cathartic to get everything on the page of how I felt and why I do and don't believe in the team. And I don't know, I think Leafs fans are just sick of sick of having hope. They just want actual results for once, you know? Mm-hmm. We had Myrtle on the podcast. Actually, it was Jonas, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, that tweet that went out, it was great. Jonas was looking terrible is what people were saying. Um, but we, we had Myrtle on the podcast and he was saying like, it's a hard team to cover this year because none of this matters. It's just like, what are you going to do in the postseason? Like, let's just fast forward a couple, couple months down the road and see what they do. Cause that's going to really be the only measure that matters when it comes to the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels weird because I feel like most people will agree that the Leafs are have a good team and should cruise through the regular season. It is what comes after that that no one knows about, and that's going to take a while 
to actually get there. So it's hard to really have a read on anything until it happens. And after writing the most pessimistic thing I've written about the Leafs in a long time, I felt suddenly optimistic. I, I watched All or Nothing. Um, I saw the scene with uh, Marner and Matthews alone in the dressing room. I'm like, that's that's the scene they're going to play before the Leafs have success, if they have success. And it feels like you need that scene before you get to the good stuff. Um, I remember before the Lightning won their cup, you had Kucherov just sitting on the ice, just looking depressed after getting swept by the, the Blue Jackets. And I think that juxtaposition is important because pretty much every team that's won, they've had some adversity they've had to face first and the Leafs just haven't got past that yet. No. And you know, and I think when you look at that division too, like it feels like Toronto's a playoff lock. I want to ask you this question though, uh, because Haley and I are all in on the Florida Panthers. Like we are driving the Panthers bandwagon. We're loving this Mm -hmm. team. They're fun. Is there any scenario, Dom, where you can see the Florida Panthers having a better regular season than the two time defending Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we saw last year uh, the way the team brought in, I don't want to say nobodies, but like no one was giving too much credit to Carter Verhage, Anthony Duclair, uh, Alex Wenberg at the deadline, Sam Bennett and Bren Montour didn't look like much. And all of those guys stepped up and played unreal under Quenville and for the Panthers. And if that is something they can sustain that they're going to be a team to watch for sure in the Atlantic. I think they can be the best team in the Atlantic if everything comes together. They they seem to have some magic last year where players just found their best gear under Quenville, and I, I'm really bullish on them. I think my model probably underrates them because it's still a little cautious. It sees the prior years. It sees Sam Bennett when he played in Calgary looking pretty terrible and doesn't really know what to do with the team, but... I, I think there's reason for hope in Florida. I think if Tampa Bay doesn't really care about the regular season, then I can see Florida finishing ahead of them again. And I guess it's kind of interesting. Your model kind of underrates Florida. I think your model, I don't I don't want to say it overrated, but I think people were surprised at how good the Seattle Kraken were rated by your model. Mm-hmm. I think the general consensus after the draft was, you know, Ron Francis didn't do a great job or he overplayed his hand, et cetera. But your model and you seem to to think pretty highly of what the Kraken put together. Yeah, it's a little weird because every model sees the same thing, but the betting market thinks they're average, which is probably a more fair description of them. And then I think uh, Jay Fresh did a poll of fans and they have the Kraken below average. And I I get the sentiment because you look at the team and it doesn't look like that impressive, but they have a lot of depth, a lot of NHL bodies, a lot of underrated players who scored at or near first-line rate last year at 5-on-5. They just played in lower minutes, a lower role, so they could step up in a bigger role. And the biggest thing, which I think people probably don't see because they tend to focus on points and offensive totals, is that a lot of the players the Kraken selected were very defensively-minded, and they're built from the net out both Grubauer, Dreger, and having a steady defense corps, having forwards that are defensively responsible. I think they have built a team that can win low-scoring games, and that can be helpful to be a decent team, but maybe not an elite one. It's sort of the Islanders model, uh, but we haven't seen it yet happen. So we will see whether they can do it. I just think they're a lot better than people are giving them credit for. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Islanders because I, I want to talk about that Metro division for a second with you, Dom, because, look, I think if Seattle makes the playoffs, there's a lot of people who would say, well, they might make it because that Pacific division is arguably the weakest of, of the four. And I think on the flip side, the Metro might be the strongest, at least top to bottom. It feels that way to me where I can see a you know a whole bunch of teams making the playoffs or missing it. As we sit here at the start of the regular season, Dom, how do you see the – like, I guess maybe this is the way to ask it. Who are the absolute playoff locks in your mind in that uh, in that Metro division? Locks in that division? There yeah. are none. None of them are locks. That's the, the beauty of it. I don't think there is a true top team. I love the Islanders in the playoffs, but I think getting there, it's not a guarantee. I think they're the best team in the Metro division, but they do have to actually earn a playoff spot because 
Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Carolina, Washington, they have solid teams that can make it. New Jersey has made massive improvements. Philadelphia won't be as bad as last season. There's six other teams that have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs, and nothing will be guaranteed in that division. I think that's what will make it fun. But I I don't think the top end is as strong as some other divisions, especially the Atlantic, where you can say there are four teams better than almost everyone in the Metro, aside from the Islanders. Is there a team that you think is going to that has the potential to be the biggest disappointment this season? Um, and you can't say the Leafs. I can't say the Leafs. No, non-Leafs team that had that could you know have a big drop off, either regress or just not meet their expectations. Uh, it depends what those expectations are. I think mm-hmm. maybe some fans in Chicago think that they have built a great team after a nice offseason. They're getting Taves back. They're getting Doc back for a full season. They probably are on the outside looking in right now, so they might be a little disappointed with that, especially if Fleury does not play up to the ability he was at last year. So I think they're a candidate if everything doesn't come together as some expect. Um, Carolina, I think, has a chance to be that because their goaltending feels so risky right now. And Washington's always at the top and... It wouldn't be me if I didn't say Washington's coming down this year. I got to say it every year. <laughs> was it your uh, was it your preview where you where it just said like everyone should just stop listening to me when it comes to this team at this point? Yeah, and I I love the <laughs> athletic Twitter account using that as the pull quote. I appreciate yeah. that so much. <laughs> yeah, just don't read this. Just <laughs> skirt right over it. You know, Dom, I'm hoping maybe you could peel back the curtain a little bit for our listeners here on the article that dropped earlier on Tuesday, and that is the um, the annual kind of ranking of the players in tiers, where you, you alongside Corey Pronman and uh, Sean Gentili, you kind of go through all of the tiers, and I'm curious, like, were there some, like, what were the players that maybe caused the greatest debate? And I, I, what, one guy that I'm really interested in, what was the conversation like about Sidney Crosby, who's going to actually start the season? Looks like he's not going to start uh, in the lineup for Pittsburgh, probably closer uh, to coming back than maybe we thought. But like he's kind of in that 1B category for you guys. Was there a thought of bumping Sid down, or is he still just firmly firmly in that, that top tier? It, it was not firm at all. He was probably the most decisive player. and Actually, not the most decisive, because Victor Hedman is also there, and his... Statistical outlook wasn't the strongest last year. I think we've all talked about that enough. Um, But yeah, Crosby, there was real debate about dropping him to 2A. His 5-on-5 numbers aren't as strong as they used to be. He's not a 100-point player anymore. But at the end of the day, it's it's Crosby. You don't bet against him until he shows you you shouldn't. And I think in the playoffs, he's still a player you want your team to win a game. He's just so important to that team, I think, we were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for one more year. Whereas for other elder players, we definitely moved them down a bit. Um, There was a lot of debate around Ovechkin. I think a lot of the analysts I talked to, we had him in three a, because we had the same reverence and they're like Ovechkin that high. Like you guys serious with this? Like he's not the player he used to be. He is just a shot is what a lot of people were, were starting to say. It was a similar thing with Stamkos where there was a big campaign to bump him down. We had him in tier three for a bit um other big debates dougie hamilton always and forever will be heavily (laughs) debated um headman we started in 2a because of how he dropped off a bit last season but a lot of people convinced us to just bring him back up and give him a mulligan because of his injury and we said sure why not he was 1b last year let's just leave him there um yeah there were there were a few others but i think those were the biggest ones uh, we had Aaron Ekblad a bit higher to start, and we had um, a lot of people saying to bump him down a bit. Um, there was some debate between like the analytics people and like the the hockey watching people uh, that Mackenzie Weger is the guy who actually drives the bus in Florida, and there shouldn't be a big gap between him and Ekblad. So there were there were a lot of discussions, but I think for the most part, we had a pretty good foundation and everyone we talked to said this is a good list is just to change a few things here or there and that's that's basically it when you're rating players everyone's gonna have their own opinion everyone views things differently and it's 
it is funny to see some of the people in the comments say things with such clarity and certainty, like, oh, this guy isn't in tier two. This list is invalid now. Like, <laughs> you are not the arbiter of who is good and bad, random John Doe in the comments. <laughs> Uh, what, one of the debates that I found interesting in here was the the Boston Bruins debate and just who drives the bus on the mm -hmm. uh, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line. Yeah. Looks like you guys ended up landing on Marchand being the driver because he's higher in the in the tiers. Can you maybe just walk us through that debate and kind of what you guys had heard about, you know, who's the play driver on that perfection line in Boston? Yeah, it's always been someone different every year uh was bergeron for a while then pasternak scored scoring at like a 50 goal pace so we thought maybe him but i think last year with bergeron and pasternak's point totals sort of going downhill marshawn's staying elite that we thought he was doing more individually to drive the lines offense than the other two maybe the other two were a bit unlucky with that but with all of them having such strong play driving impacts it was the production that was I guess the thing that separated him from the pack. We talked to a few people and they, they weren't sure if there was anything worthy of separation, but we thought that was enough to, to give him in two A instead of two B like a uh, Bergeron Pasternak. You know, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, Nick Suzuki gets into the news cycle uh, this week, signs an eight year contract extension with Montreal for just a hair under 8 million per 7.8. And as, you guys put your tiers together. Suzuki is on that list. He is in the he's in the fourth, I think four yeah, four C. So he's mm -hmm. on your list. And I'm curious, uh, how do you see that contract aging in the next five to obviously obviously in the short term, everyone's pretty bullish on him. The question when you sign anybody to an eight year deal, what's this deal gonna look like in, in a few years from now, Dom? I I think it'll look good. I'm really high on the player. I think he has potential to be a high-end 1C. I don't know if he'll be an elite one, but I think he'll be a guy you're probably happy with as a first-line center, sort of like in the 3B range with Zabinajad, Shifley, Taveras, those type of guys. I think that's not a guarantee. That's the big issue for me, and he's probably worth it if he just takes another small step, but I think in order for him to be a bargain, which is the bet they're making, you want him to take an even bigger step towards that range. And I think based on his comparables, based on what he's shown to date, I'm not sure if it's a huge likelihood he'll get there. And at that point, you're just paying fair price for a guy who's an okay first line center. And I don't know if that is really what Montreal wants. They probably are. They're still looking for that high end first line center. I just, I love Suzuki. I just don't know if he's shown enough to make me completely sure he'll get there. And and just a quick thought, you you kind of compared him to Mika Zibanejad, and Mika signed an eight-year contract extension last week too. But obviously, there's an age difference, right? Yeah. Do you have the Do you have the same red flags that a lot of people had, which was okay, Mika Zibanejad next two or three years? That's great, mm -hmm. boy. Mika Zibanejad years <laughs> five through eight that could be problematic. Yeah, I I didn't realize how old he was, so. That's definitely the big difference between contracts. You'd definitely rather have Suzuki signed to his deal than Zabinijad, just from the age difference. Zabinijad, we know what he is, and we know based on his age that he'll probably be less going forward. Suzuki, we don't know what he is, and he might be worth it. He might be worth a lot more, but it's a risk that comes with a potentially high reward. With Zabinijad, because it's a UFA deal, it's almost all potential downside, where uh, it's the idea that you just don't want to lose the player, and I get it. But I think with where the Rangers are, you'd almost it almost feel better risking seeing where he'll be this year and seeing where the team is, and maybe trying to work around that young core they're building. Because I feel like they're they're in this rush to build around Zabinajad and Panarin. I I don't mind it, but signing him for eight years it does it does carry a lot of risk. I think. So I, I got to ask you this because Haley and I are in um, a hockey pool this year going head-to-head -head with our listeners. Mm -hmm. It is the Office Pools of Athletic Hockey League. I need to know, are you, Dom, do you, are you in a, like a long-standing like, fantasy league with your friends? Or how, how does that work just from a, a pool perspective? 
for you? Yeah. So the reason my fantasy projections come out every day uh, or every year, the day after Labor Day, is so the people in my league do not get them. Um, <laughs> I've been a league with people from like high school for since high school, I guess, and have a couple friends at my university who joined, and it's a serious keeper league. We have like a a miniature Stanley Cup that the winner gets. And last year was my year. And because everyone had access to my projections, I feel like I that was I lost because of that. I feel like that was it. And this year I had to make sure that didn't happen again. Okay. So but like isn't there do you feel the weight of the extra pressure like are the other people in the pool are they in the industry? Not the, like they're high school buddies, so maybe they're all doing different things. Do you feel the extra pressure of like you damn well better win this pool because this is what you do for a living? Here's here's the thing. I am the leaps of this pool. I never win. <laughs> I I always have this amazing team in the regular season, um, and I would either come first or second, and then come playoffs, everything just unravels. And so two years ago, I said, I need to change up the strategy. I'm just going to tank. I'm going to tank. I'm going to get a lot of picks. I'm going to aim for 2021 season. What happens? There's a pandemic. There's a shortened season. My projections are available to everyone in the league now. Um, So plans sometimes go awry, and that is okay. But yeah, I... There is a bit of pressure, and I never live up to it. So I, I do feel the pain of some of uh, the NHL players out there. It's obviously not on the same level, but I get it. I guess last question from me, Dom, just heading into opening day here. Are there any big bets that you're looking at? I guess there's two games on the docket, but any big bets that people should be looking out for? For the games tonight? Mm-hmm. Um. Or season two, you know, season bets two that you're really looking at. I don't know. I, despite I my disbelief in the Leafs, I, you got to trust the process. So I bet on them to win the cup, win the president's trophy, win the division over on points, oh. because I feel like the market, because the sentiment is so negative around the team, I feel like the market is underrating their actual ability. We will see if I'm right or wrong, but that was one of them. I bet the over on Seattle Kraken points, because again, the market is really low on them because a lot of fans are. Um, And that means for today, I didn't bet on them yet because I'm waiting for the COVID protocols to be more clear and to see whether Jared McCann, Mm -hmm. Eunice Donskoy are playing and Jamie Lexiak. But if they are, I'll probably be betting on the Kraken uh, Tuesday night for opening night. My reaction to the Leafs bet is just, oh, Dom. (laughs) Oh, no. It's like that How I Met Your Mother episode. Oh, honey. Listen, I don't live in this Sad. beautiful corner loft without making a few betting mistakes here and then. Because sometimes they're not mistakes. Sometimes they work out. And mm-hmm. usually they work out. And that's why I am where I am. Oh, God. I love it. All right. I love it. Hey, by the way, do you have a punny name for your fantasy hockey team? Like either a longstanding name or... Do you change it up every year or are you just a straight up your fantasy team name is the is the same thing? So in our league, we sort of have this thing where you have to have branding and you have to have a city and mascot that are based around the initials of your name. So I have a friend, uh, his name is Steve Zemis, ST. So his team name is the Springfield Tire Fire. And... Right. Uh, the one I went with, it's sort of hard to go with D and L. It's a tough name, but I went with the uh, the Death Valley Lion Kings after uh, Mufasa. <laughs> this is probably not what Ian was looking for. No. No. I'm He's just all like, in. what? I'm, I'm all Where's in on the Mufasa. Malkin cookies. There's, there's no there's no Malkin cookies in this league. No, it's not allowed. We got you have to have a city where you're from or a country if you want, and you got to have a mascot. Um, this is this is a professional league. You gotta your team name has to be professional-ish. Otherwise, it's gonna be on the trophy. That there's gonna be like some weird Malkin cookies <laughs> throughout the years. Something there's no stupid. consistency. You gotta have a consistent brand in this mm-hmm. league. Death Valley Lion Kings. I like it, by the way. 
I thank you. I love it. All right. Hey, listen, we appreciate you dropping by, Dom, as always. And uh, at some point, I'm sure in the next uh, few weeks, we'll, we'd love to have you back on and kind of just see how the season is playing out. But uh, listen, enjoy the start of the regular season. And, uh, and thanks for joining us here on the Athletic Hockey Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm sure I'll be back in a month or so. And uh, maybe I'll have to flirt with the America show in the meantime. Don't. We don't like them. Craig is so freaking mean. Like, should we be worried that he is so savage about us and our show and he's our boss? Do you listen? He just throws yeah. stones at me and Ian. So don't go on their show, Dom. I'm going to go and throw stones at you guys. Don't. If they pronounce my last name correctly, yeah. Ian's getting slandered right away. I right, though. I, taught, I teach people how to pronounce your last name, so you can't do this to me. I haven't taught Ian yet. in public again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for having me. All right. Always great to connect with Dom. Just a, you know, just a, 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 a interesting way of looking at the National Hockey League kind of through his lens. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how some of his, uh, his preseason uh, projections uh, play out here. And I'm sure, like he said, we'll have him back at some point in the next, uh, in the next few, uh, next few weeks. But hey, b- before we wrap up the show with multiple choice matters, can I look? I felt like you shared something with our listeners earlier today. You opened <laughs> up with your feelings. You talked about you know reaching out. I need to I need to say something here, and I I'm just I need to know if you can help me out with this. Okay. So I binged Squid Game. Okay. On the weekend, and I haven't bro- seen it yet. I am broken. Oh, I'm no. shattered. It is disturbing. It's sad. I I need someone to help me. <laughs> someone to hold me like this is oh and i watched gosh. it with uh our 14 year old who okay. was like yeah whatever i'm like how can you anyway so for the listeners like a this... devastating death show yes and mm. so i just need some like for the listeners of the show please like reach out to me help guide me, me through this help me help okay? us i would have texted i would have texted dom starting. but i it would have been a two hour 20 minute delay before he got back to me so i wouldn't oh. you know i wouldn't want to do that i just need some help here and if, i'm just telling you if you end up watching it it will rattle you to the core that's all I'm i just say. yeah i just want to know and i'm gonna you know i'll tweet this we'll draft a tweet after the show if your friend like one of your best friends texts you Oh yeah, I'm crying right now. <laughs> Something's going on, and you and you respond like almost three hours later, being like, "Oh, did you cry? Did, like, are we? I don't know. Maybe Dom and I need to work on our like emotional maybe you're not as good of friends as you thought. That no. maybe that's the takeaway. Maybe maybe he hates me. Maybe he just doesn't care. Oh no. Anyways, let's yeah. get to the multiple choice. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I see. I'd love to know if he has like a, maybe he has some formula like tears per sixty or something. He was trying to figure out expected tears per expected 60. expected tears. Well, she probably cried this much already. It's been yeah. two hours, so she's probably done by now. Yeah, so she probably, probably needs a good joke. Yeah. Uh, see the model. The model. The model yeah, is Dom's never, just a little robot. Never wrong. All right, <laughs> wrapping up the show with a little multiple choice madness. Okay, I'm going to give you four things, four scenarios for this season. Okay, Haley, you tell me which one you're the most certain. You're like, yep, that is absolutely the one I'm picking. I think this will be the most certain thing. Okay, so which of these things are you most certain will happen during this hockey season? Is it A? Either Buffalo or Arizona will finish in last place overall. Okay? Is it mm-hmm. B? Connor McDavid is going to win the Art Ross trophy, meaning he'll have the most points of anyone. Is it C? Are you that certain that Tampa will not win the Stanley Cup? Okay? So that would mm-hmm. mean they would have to three-peat. Or is it D? Are you most certain the Seattle Kraken will not finish in last place? In their own division. If you if you had to look at these four things, they could all happen. What what's the one thing you're the most certain? You're like, yep, that's where I would put my money if I had to make a bet. It's gotta be A. I don't know who else would finish in last place. Like I can't imagine anyone else other than Buffalo or Arizona finishing last in the league. Like it's just Col- it's a. Columbus. No. One of the California teams, Ottawa, no. Detroit. No. No. You're that certain? No. That, look. Most. 
I'm the most certain. I, like I, it's one of those two. I will. I don't bet, but I'll do it. I'll put money on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling risky. It's day one. Okay. Five bucks, Ian. <laughs> I'm in Ottawa in November. Oh, I guess <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. I'm in Ottawa in November, and if I'm right, then I'll buy you coffee. Yeah. Season won't be done yet, November, folks. Uh, five dollars. Five, five bucks. bucks if somebody other than Buffalo, Arizona finishes in last place yeah. overall. You're that's that my big. That's my big bet. Five dollars. Okay. You know what I'm going with on this. I, I think it's Tampa Bay. I think like, to three-peat and win three straight Stanley Cups, that'd be mind-blowing. I just think the odds yeah. are so stacked against them. And I love them. I, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But f- everything has to go right for you to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. And then to do it in back-to-back years, that's even like... So for me, I just feel like it's almost impossible in the cap era to win three, let alone even just get to three straight Stanley Cup finals. So I'm going to say... I am most certain that Tampa's not going to win the cup again this year. But I, you know, we love to hear from our listeners. Yeah. No, you're right. I think I'm just bullish in how bad Buffalo and Arizona are going to be. Yeah. I was blinded by anything else anyways. Yeah, blinded by the mediocrity. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I want to know which of these teams on this list are you just the most unsure of. You're like, they're so unpredictable here as we start the regular season. I don't know. Are they going to make the playoffs? Or are they going to be like a lottery team? Or like, where, where is it going to be? So I'm going to give you five teams. You tell me you're like, this is the team that gives me like the shrug emoji the most. Is it A, the Pittsburgh Penguins, B, the Chicago Blackhawks, C, the New York Rangers, D, the Vancouver Canucks, or E, the Minnesota Wild? Who's the team you're like, I have no idea where they're going. And yeah, there's some a, other teams we could have thrown in. Like I, I thought about St. Louis. I thought about Calgary. Calgary. I thought about. <laughs> trust me, there's some other teams, but Pittsburgh, Chicago, the Rangers, Canucks, Minnesota. Who's the biggest uh, kind of unpredictable team for you? Yeah, I, it's a really good one, and it's really tough. Like you could go through the list. I think we heard from Dom. Like Chicago's probably on the outside looking in right now. Um, maybe the public perception is that they got better than they maybe will actually be on the ice. It'll be interesting to see what they become. Um, I think the Rangers should take a step in the right direction. Um, but, you know, we don't know if, if I mean, they bet they made this, you know, these changes to become grittier. And then, you know, Ryan Reeves is hurt and that that division is hell. Um, the Canucks made a bunch of moves this offseason. Like they were one of the busier teams um, this offseason with some of the deals that they made, but I don't know what those are going to look like. And that's a Pacific division that, you know, you know, the Calgary flames are one of the bigger question marks, but I think a lot of people just assume that they're going to make the playoffs because the Pacific is so bad. So Vancouver's kind of in that boat. Um, but I feel like I look at the, and the Minnesota wild are kind of that team. That's just, it's Minnesota sports. I see the, I see the fans talk about it all the time. They're stuck in the middle forever, kind of average, but they've got some good Pete. They've got Kirill Kaprizov. What are they going to look like? But I always just kind of go back to the Penguins. Like the Penguins are kind of a team similar to Washington where you're just kind of being like, okay, now are they going to drop off? And is their window slam shut? And I think there's a, it's a very legitimate and fair take to say that I think their window of contention is closed, but it's also very legitimate to say, I don't want to bet against like Sidney Crosby or say, I think Crosby and Malkin and Latang have, a little bit more to give and they've got Brian Dumoulin and they've got Jake Gensel and they've got some pieces. Um, but then they've got Tristan Jari in net, which we already talked about. So I just feel like looking at the penguins, like I'm literally just like, I have no, I don't, I don't know because then they're also in that Metro division. So I feel like I get more confused thinking about the Pittsburgh penguins, which is indicative of me having no idea what's going to happen with them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good answer. I think you can make a case for all of them. I'll take Chicago because, and I really liked uh, Mark Lazarus's piece on the weekend where Laz kind of looked at both sides of the coin for Chicago. Like, yeah, they could be a playoff team or no, they're not going to be a playoff team. And I don't know what they are, but they were super aggressive in the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. Like they got the reigning Vesna Trophy winning goalie in uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. They got Seth Jones. They got Tyler Johnson. They got rid of Duncan Keith. Like they they did a lot of things that I think lead me to think that I don't know where they're going to be. And and they got a great core with, you know, Patrick Kane, if he's healthy, is still probably a top 10, 12 point producer in this league. 
you know, Doc and Debrinkat are pretty good players. Like, what's Jonathan Taves going to be after missing a year? Like, I'm really intrigued. Like, you could talk me into Chicago being a top 10 team in the league. And then I can also see the flip side where it all starts to crumble and these guys mm-hmm. are on the wrong side of 30. And like, I'm like, I could see, I don't know what they're going to be, but I think they're going to be super intriguing. So I think I would, I think I'd go Chicago myself there. All right. Last one for you, uh, Haley. And, you know, for years, I would think people had Sid Crosby and Alex Ovechkin at the top of their fantasy, uh, you know, hockey pool lists and, and, and maybe not so much this year, right? Especially Crosby starting the season, a little bit of health in question, even Ovechkin, a little bit of health in question here, opening the season. Who's going to end up having a better year statistically this year, Haley? Is it A, Sidney Crosby or B, Alexander Ovechkin? I mean, I think I think Ovechkin's still uncertain for the season opener unless that's changed this morning. You know, Crosby's going to be out. Um, I'm so bad at this. Like, I, I feel like we heard from Dom already, like, you know, some people are saying, you know, people in the industry are saying Ovechkin's, you know, not the same player. Like, he's kind of just a shooter now. And, and I don't even say that to be negative about Alex Ovechkin. Like that's fine. I think one of the great things about watching players in their prime is also watching them shift out of their prime years and how they adjust and how their game evolves as they age and continue to play. And like, there's nothing wrong with Alex Ovechkin just like, you know, being in the rocket Richard race (laughs) and chasing Gretzky's record because, you know, one of the, you know, pillars of his game now, because he's aging and regressing in other areas is just lining up in the slot to, to shoot one timers. Like that's fine. That's, that's great. Um, will he get more points overall than Sidney Crosby who can still, I, I know his five on five numbers aren't exactly the same, but you know what Crosby always had over Ovechkin was he was more of a all, all around player. He could make the plays, he could score the goals. So my gut is always to say Crosby because he can do those other things. Um, I don't know. This is a hard one. I, like, yeah, my, my guts to say Crosby, but he's also out and we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. He's out longer term than Ovechkin. Um, you know, how much time is he going to miss and how's that going to impact his ability to step right in? And, you know, Malkin's not there. I mean, they don't always play together. They don't play together. Excuse me. So that doesn't really have an impact. So maybe Malkin being out will put more on Crosby to score more. I'm trying to think about this out loud. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm going with Crosby, but I could probably be talked out of it because I have no idea. I, yeah, Penguins, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is a tough one. I honestly think this is a flip of the coin. Like, I, mm-hmm. I this is going to be a really interesting year, I think, for both these guys because they're at that age in their careers where it could, it could very quickly regress, but they're both yeah. world-class, first ballot, slam dunk, yeah. Hall of Famers. I... Boy, I'm I'm really torn mm-hmm. on this one. I'll say Ovechkin is going to have a little bit of a better year statistically. Like I think he could make if he's healthy. I think he can get to forty goals. Mm-hmm. And again, but Crosby could probably get to ninety points. Like, I, look, I think this is going to be a really fun debate to watch these guys on the back half of their careers. Watch mm-hmm. how they age. It's going to be fascinating. But I, I think I think Ovechkin might 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 yeah. have a slightly I mean, better. You got to look. When was the last time Crosby wasn't an over a point per game player? Like, I don't think he ever was. No. So it's it's kind of hard to bet against a guy who's going to well, – I'm just pulled it up. He scored 62 points in 55 games last year. Ovechkin had 42 and 45. So it, it's just – it's hard to bet against a dude who's literally never scored at under a point per game pace in his entire career. Uh, but Ovechkin's been just as good. They've been – there's – I mean, I think the the – the evolution of their kind of rivalry and relationships pretty great too. Saw in some of the ESPN promo stuff um, that, you know, Sid was saying like, I hope Ovi beats Gretzky's record. I think that'd be awesome. Like, I think that evolution of the Sid Ovechkin rivalry that was really drummed up by the media has been really interesting to see, but yeah, I'm probably going to go with Crosby on this one. All right, Haley, we'll leave it there. And remember you have one job in the next four hours and Change. Five hours and change. And it is what, Haley? What are you going to do in the next five hours? I'm going to go to Flames practice. I'm going to have some lunch. (laughs) Officepools.com and fill out your team name. Then text me your pun name that you went with. Okay? Okay. 
Yeah, I can do jump. this. Okay, you can do this. We got text you. All right. me. Text me at six Eastern. Okay, <laughs> I put a reminder in my phone just to remind you <laughs> to get an your alarm. team in there. Done, <laughs> done, and done. Okay, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to this latest edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, leave us a uh, rating and review on whatever your podcast platform is. We certainly appreciate that. Want to tee up something? Uh, for tomorrow, the Wednesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show is going to be relaunched. So we're looking forward uh, to that coming your way uh, on Wednesday. And a reminder, too, that uh, annual subscriptions to The Athletic, they're 50% off when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.